Hey guys, it's me, Megan, and today I'm recording a solo podcast because a couple things. I, one, realize that there's a lot that you guys don't know about my life and that people ask me questions whenever they actually come on the podcast because I don't talk a lot about it, and two, a lot about my life has changed over the last four months. So let's start off with I'm so happy that spring is here and that summer is almost here. Spring is seriously one of my favorite times in the year, and a lot of that is because so I grew up in Indiana and so right now I am currently living at my dad's house while I wait to move to my new location where my new job site is and so I grew up on what's now really trendy to call a homestead when I was growing up it was more we just canned all of our own food and grew it growing up my mom would pick raspberries in the morning we'd have zucchini blossoms as a special treat which if you've never had it is so good Um, my dad still goes mushroom hunting we're really hoping that we can go find somewhere else next weekend but what's really special about the property is five years after my mom has passed away all of her flowers are still popping up to remind me of her she would spend hours in the yard every day replanting the hill and you'd be able to see it from the street of where my family lives and so some of you may remember but last year on the anniversary of the car accident I actually created a podcast episode for it and so my mom was killed in a car accident by a driver that was under the influence. My mom and dad were going on a date and out of nowhere someone crossed the center line. Um, He died instantly. My mother was rushed to the hospital but she never gained consciousness. Honestly one of the strangest things that came for me posting an episode where I was so vulnerable and I talked all about it and I was really actually thinking that this podcast would be more about kind of going through and being motherless because uh, a week after my 20 third birthday is whenever this happened so very young to go through such trauma but the hardest thing was was actually whenever I I'm still dating and I'm still single and so whenever I would go on dates with people and I would tell them about my podcast that was the first episode that men would listen to and so oftentimes I would be on a date and I would start to tell people about who I am in my life and they would be like oh yeah I heard it on that podcast episode and so honestly I think most of the downloads from that episode were one who I wanted it to be was my target audience was kind of people from my hometown people that were friends with my mom, my family, and everything, but I had this weird backlash where it honestly became too much that I had shared all that information, and so I would go on dates, and I often felt like people knew more about me than what I knew about them, so this year I decided to not really talk about it. Um, I did share it a little bit on my stories, and I do appreciate all of you that reached out um, and said stuff to me, because it is hard, so if you are motherless, um, just know that I do see you and this year will actually be the first year that I will be quote-unquote celebrating Mother's Day. Um, So usually what I'll do and still what I'll probably plan on doing is I delete social media for about four to seven days around the holiday. It's not because I'm mad, it's more that it's just it's really hard for me to see those posts and kind of more out of like jealousy that everyone's mothers are still alive and so and I feel kind of weird if I were to post a photo of my mom. So I just really take this that mental break for myself and so I encourage anyone if there's a holiday that's 
specifically hard for you or something triggering for you father's day if there's easter is a time whenever you're questioning your religion or something like that um don't feel bad for having to take a break i i oftentimes see influencers or just even people that have that post frequently say sorry i've been so quiet lately because life's been busy i don't think we should have to apologize i think that we should make it normal that you do have to take these breaks because social media is so overwhelming and really our brains haven't adapted to all of this information like evolution was never really meant for us to have social media and so this is all brand new to every single one of us and so i really do and i encourage people that if there is something that's coming up for you this summer uh some sort of anniversary don't feel like you need to apologize for people for taking that social media break and so that brings me to kind of the next topic that i wanted to talk about and um that's my choice to get sober so like i said my mom lost her life because someone that shouldn't have been behind the wheel was and they made that decision to drive and so is that the full reason why i decided to no it's just a big part of it i made this choice really am wanting to navigate getting a job and starting this new phase of my life as a sober person and so if you look at all of the new year's resolutions i've had over the last three years a lot of them circle around you know stay sober monday through thursday or you know only drink or everything else this certain amount of times i but i've never really been able to regulate it because if you work in construction it's very oftentimes that there's happy hours that someone comes into town and it's so casual for everyone to go out and have not just one drink but two or three and so my previous job loved happy hours like i'm talking like thousand dollar bills easy for a group like people it was very i now that i have this gap and now i have this way to recreate myself and become this different person at my new career i'm gonna take advantage of that and so i recently shared on my stories a quote that says at some point you got to get real with yourself about the gap between the life you want to live and the life your daily habits are leading towards and so i just got real with myself and I was looking at like what am I spending money on what am I spending time on and really like one of the changes that I've seen like since I've gotten sober is like how much more time and capacity that I have to do other things for example this year I've already read 17 books oftentimes I would sit down to read and then I would not really be able to get engaged in the book that I was reading because I was just like too inebriated I thought it would be relaxing to like sit outside and read while I partook in my hobbies and it just wasn't. For me, the change is getting sober and I've seen what happens when people drive a little bit too much under the influence and it can take a life. I've seen what people can say whenever they've been drinking too much and if you know me on a more personal level, you know that I recently got evicted from the house I was living in in San Diego because of her alcoholic boyfriend and so that's a story in all itself that I'm really not willing to share but I've just like, I've really been affected by it and I've seen how it can destroy friendships, it can create this false sense of having a hobby and being the cool one and so I'm just deciding to enter this new job force so it kind of started out as a hundred day challenge because I've seen that as super popular and I really recommend that if this is something that you're interested in just get on TikTok or get it on any social media app and just type in hashtag sober curious and it's a really good hashtag for you if you're interested in that sort of lifestyle. The other things that I've noticed since going sober is my anxiety about going to events is actually lower because I know I'm not going to be drinking because I don't have to worry about like okay am I sober enough to drive home because I have all these other anxieties that come with driving I don't have to worry about getting a $75 bar tab and then like 
like waking up the next morning and being like, holy cow, I can't believe I spent that much money. And then I look and then I spent another $30 getting an Uber home because I didn't want to drive. I just love waking up hangover free and like having one drink really isn't an option for me. Like I've really never been the type of person that's like been like, okay, I'm just going to have just one drink and that's it. Like I'm really fun. I really enjoy like being like that person that's always encouraging other people to drink more. And it's really been good for me to take that step back and redefine my relationship with alcohol. So I created a TikTok and the TikTok is called Sober Construction Queen. And the TikTok is really all about sharing my journey about getting sober. One reason I chose TikTok is because I actually kind of like the app a little bit more. I think that there's a like a sense of community because it is more anonymous and like a lot of your content gets shared with people that are really more in your niche better than there is on Instagram where it's more about you create your own timeline. But what I noticed is so I asked a survey on my Instagram stories and 80% of people said that they wanted me to start sharing that same content on my Instagram. So I am going to share some of it but some of it isn't just stuff that I want to share on Instagram just because TikTok and Instagram are different and the way that you tell the stories are different, the way that you post content is different, some of the stuff that, some of the trends and stuff, and so I am going to be splitting it up but I do want to answer some questions that people have sent me about being sober because I did and I'll be talking about that on this podcast. So I did ask a, a question. I said, what questions do people have for me about just anything? And so one of the questions somebody asked me was, what signs did you see in yourself as needing to get sober? And so for me, it was honestly that it was something that I thought about every day and it was just something that I was spending like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on quitting my job for the last four months that was kind of how I first started was because I was like I need to cut costs I need to and I was like why is it so hard for me to cut this out as a cost and so I started off as dry January and then I drank in February and honestly my body started rejecting alcohol like every time I drank I was throwing up all the next day I really just kind of took that as a sign that my body wanted me to get sober and so with that I got all other substances I am not using caffeine's really the only substance at this point that I drink daily um and the other question was got sober from what which I'm sure all of you are like what other substances and that's not really something that I'm looking to share yet because one I don't really know how that will be perceived in all parts of the country because um I will just say that I've lived on the west coast for the last five years where substances there that are legal are not legal everywhere and so that should be a big enough clue for you guys moving on what are some resources you love? So one of the groups that I've joined, I found this committee, it's called Sober Social Girls. Uh actually no it's not sober social club and so what I really like about it is community is so cool I don't really identify with like AA and stuff like that because it's just not my group it's in like some people it is but for me it just really I don't associate with some of the steps in the 12-step program and so I really found that there's some books that I will definitely share real on about what I've enjoyed and ones that I've read but one thing that I really like is like I 
I mentioned earlier was the hashtag sober curious because there's a lot of other people out there and sometimes it feels like you're the only one and that's how I felt about the podcast. I felt like I was like the only one in construction and when I started this podcast, I actually didn't make it as a woman in construction podcast because I thought that that was too niche. I thought that there was no way there would be enough people out here that would listen to women in construction and then like four or five months into starting the podcast, I was like, oh my god, there are all these women out there that actually need some sort of community and that's the exact same way I have gotten since I've joined like the sober curious community. There are a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people out there in their 20s. There's a lot of people out there in their 30s because as some of you know, I'm in my late 20s. So like for me to kind of be on this journey, it seems really young and really scary. There are a lot of people out there and so moving on to my next big announcement. What the heck is this sabbatical you keep talking about? You went on, where are you moving? Blah, 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 blah. So I'll break it down for you. So I was living in Portland. I really did not like my job there. Uh, Personally, I was burnt out. I was in a really low spot. I was working 67 and even 80 hours a week and I was paid salary. So like I wasn't even seeing the benefit of working that many hours. I also had a manager, managers that were like pretty abusive towards me. They, I, you know, asked them what whenever these, whenever we'd be getting more help and they told me, you know, this is just the job. And so there was a huge competition in the culture that I was working at where who could work the most hours and I wasn't really here to play that game. Whenever I would leave after working a 10 hour day, people would comment, working a half day, huh? And I, it just like, it made me want to explode. And honestly, after working there for the first three days, I knew that I was not going to last that long at this job just because of the way that that culture worked. And like, there wasn't a lot of um, respect honestly between like the managers and people that worked below them like whenever I like said stuff to my manager about how I felt about how I was being treated she would just kind of gaslight me and say that you know oh I was treated with this much disrespect and you're lucky you don't have this manager I'm so much nicer than so and so and so and so and so and so and while that might be true it created this culture of hazing in that like it was okay to be hazed and so um I actually like I had managers that like mocked me behind my back and stuff and so I just I just quit. I knew whenever I quit that I was going to spend a month in San Luis Obispo, which if you've never been to that part of California, it is honestly the part of California that has my heart. It's such a cute town. It's a college town. It's on the beach. It's pretty small, honestly, but it is gorgeous. It's just south of Big Sur and it is just a very pretty place to be. Um, Knew that I was going to quit my job after I got my bonus in December because I tried to interview for other jobs while I was working and it just went so horrible. I honestly commend everyone that's able to do it because what I was finding out is a lot of these jobs right now, they want you to interview for almost five hours before they even give you a job offer. Like for example, one job wanted me to do a three hour long interview and I had to call in sick to work because I, there's no way you can take a three hour long lunch break. And so then I, you know, did all this interviewing to get to the getting the job offer and I just didn't want the job. And so you can only do that so many times before questions start to get raised and also as like somebody that like worked a job where I was constantly getting phone calls because I was a project manager at a GC it just like during my interviews I would get phone calls I would it was just it was very exhausting I had saved up a good chunk of money um I deleted my Amazon account I paid for everything I could in advance so for example like all of my face products like any clothes that I knew that I would need really all I had to pay while I didn't have a job was my insurance for San Luis Obispo I went to San Diego 
and I was living with one of my best friends down there and honestly it was supposed to be a really cheap place for me and I really just wanted to kind of hang out in San Diego. I knew that I didn't want to spend the winter anywhere on the east coast or in Indiana where I'm from. Like I just didn't want to deal with the winter but one thing that I will say is like Trader Joe's does become your best friend. I, if you are doing some sort of cheap thing, it's like honestly Trader Joe's frozen section is a lifesaver. I really, and also monthly discounts on Airbnbs, which I'm realizing that a lot of people don't know about, but if you stay at an Airbnb for a month, they usually offer you like 25% off or like just something so that way then they have to do less cleaning. Really like highly suggest that if you're like transitioning housing because it ends up being less expensive because you're not paying for electricity internet you're not paying for like a lot of this other stuff you have the flexibility to move but like you also whenever they offer those discounts you don't have to pay for like the cleaning fee and all of that stuff as much and so it ends up becoming like a pretty good deal so a few questions i had on my instagram was when you quit your job were there any co-workers that commented about it? like along the lines just she quit because it's too tough for a girl yes and no I mean whenever I quit kind of my um, senior manager he was a little shocked in like the sense of like well you're never gonna be find anything else better than this sort of way but honestly people saw how unhappy I was how mistreated all the subs could see that I was just like kind of had lost my spark for life they all saw it coming and I also went into it with that I was working on my drone business because I really didn't know what I wanted to do but I thought that maybe starting a drone business was what I was going to do and so yeah kind of but not really because I think people also understood that like I was coming from a place of like misery a place where I was being mistreated and so they also all understood that and they a lot of the subs actually had offered me jobs at their companies not really next question what is something you had to learn quick in the construction industry working with men all the time. One of the things that I had to learn quick was how to be on the defense. And so one way that I have found out that works really well in construction, in particular being a GC, is like when somebody starts to argue with you, keep asking them questions until you can build up your defense. So like if somebody was like, oh, that's not in the drawings, I would be like, okay, well, what did you see that was in the drawings? And then you you start asking them questions to break down their argument to the point where then you can come back and say, well, I thought you just said this. And so I really had to learn how to argue and not use emotions. So that is just one way that I figured it out was by breaking it down and just using their argument against themselves instead of being like, well, this is what I saw, blah, 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 blah. No, you have to really take a step back, take your emotions out, and really just ask them questions until you break down their own argument. What's something that I'm looking forward to? So moving on to the next subject and also something that I'm looking forward to is my new job. So right as I was moving back to San Diego, so I had to drive from all the way from San Diego to Indiana by myself. Some you saw my road trip stories and some of my reels about that so highly suggest if you're going on long road trips and you have questions just let me know because I've done it I've moved 8,000 miles in five years because of the job that I had I every time I moved job sites I pretty much had to move across the country and then I moved back home so so one thing I'm really looking forward to is 
having a job where I'm not moving. So one thing I am doing right now is I'm looking for a house. And so hopefully by August, I will actually be a full-time homeowner. And so I'm really excited to create the stable side of myself because I think a lot of what has been stressful for me is, is like not having a schedule, not having a routine. And I think that by having a place to live and being able to create my own little gym, my own little like sanctuary and like have a spot that I can sit outside and read and just like know where the grocery store is and all of this other stuff. Like I really am just so excited about that level of stability. Moving forward, I actually won't be releasing the name of the company that I work for, but honestly, if you're nosy enough, just find me on LinkedIn. The reason is, is because my new company has a very strong social media rules and I have a very funny reel that I'm going to be posting about it, but out of respect until I understand the company culture a little bit more, I'll just be referring to it as I work as the client for data center construction. So what do I actually do? I work in building automation. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically where low voltage, HVAC, anything under 120 volts that turns on and off a machine, open, closes a valve, records the pressure, flow in a pipe, all of that meet. And so basically it's all about collecting data. In data centers you in, in buildings in general, you need to know information. And so for example, some energy codes right now are requiring that buildings start reporting their usage and they have to divide it up into things like lighting, HVAC, etc. And so my specific role will be helping with the new construction of data centers on a campus and integrating it into already existing infrastructure. Perfect combination for me where I get to integrate my engineering skills and construction knowledge. And so previously I was a general contractor and I was always getting in trouble for doing too much engineering. And so this role allows me to be the engineer that I want to be. So I'll be sharing more about what is building automation because I do think that it's something that we don't know a lot about because it's t- there's typically not a lot of people that are involved in it because it's one or two engineers that you know they make the controls and you're working really closely with the mechanical contractor sometimes um, if you work for a building automation company you're actually underneath the mechanical contractor my first job right out of college was actually working as a designer for a building automation company so I actually worked for Siemens for a little bit and so I worked 40 hours a week in AutoCAD and just made design drawings um, as you might be able tell I'm a little too chatty to be sitting and just doing design drawings all the time. So I have worked in AutoCAD, but like I really like the ability of what this new job is going to be because basically I'm going to be able to take my skills of knowing building automation, but working for the client, being able to make sure that we're doing the right installation, making sure that the standards are being met and everything like that. So a couple questions that we had about that is what is a favorite place I've lived and or visited? So favorite place I've ever lived lived is actually Las Vegas. So I lived in Las Vegas right as COVID was coming out. I lived there for about six months before COVID and then about six months after COVID came out. And like, I love going to shows. It was so fun because it's such a cheap place for family and friends to come and visit. And honestly, the cost of living in Las Vegas is super cheap. So I was living um, in a luxury resort apartment, gated community. I had two luxury pools and hot tubs and it was $1,200 a month for two bedrooms. I'm sure the cost of 
living has gone up since I lived there two years ago. Also, if you're traveling and like for me, if I was leaving Las Vegas on a Friday, my flights were super cheap because everyone's trying to get to Las Vegas on Friday. So I was basically cross commuting with everyone else that was trying to come to Las Vegas. So overall, like I really liked it because when you live there, there's just a lot of things that best place that I have traveled. So I would have to say like traveling the Pacific Northwest is really fun. I don't necessarily love living there. It's way too dark for me, way too, it's really hard to meet people because like it was so rainy and stuff. And so like going on dates and meeting friends for the first time, it was really hard to do because like there's not a lot of activities there that make it easy because everything is outdoors. It's couples, pairs, things. So I just found it a really hard place to make friends, but like traveling there, there's just like so many cool things to go like hiking. You can go up to all these mountains, the glacier lake that's up there is so beautiful and then like snowboarding I learned how to snowboard while I was living there and I just like I really enjoyed that and so like the activities that the Pacific Northwest has to offer make it a really fun place to travel. One of my favorite questions that somebody asked me on my Instagram stories was will you ever interview any men that support women in construction on your podcast? Yes, 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 yes. That is actually something that I put in my manifestations um, in January was to interview more men on the podcast because much like um, Christina who works for Crew, the um, nonprofit organization, she has said this before and it'll be in her podcast episode, but um, women being in, in construction is not a woman's issue. It's also a men's issue. And so we need to get men involved in the conversation because oftentimes they're the ones making these decisions and they're the ones that are in power where, you know, are we going to have a woman's only restroom on the job site? Just little things like that. And so like what I really do want to start start doing is bringing more men into the conversation and then funny enough is is I've had um, three men on the podcast before and last year those were some of my top downloaded episodes which I don't know if it was the title of the episode the content or whatever but I really do think that people want to hear men's side of the stories it's not just women that we want to hear about and so if you do have any men that you recommend always share those men with me um, I would love to get to know more of them and just people that you turn to that are men that you find that are supporters. So enough about me and onto the podcast and my future plans. Really, nothing's going to change about the podcast. I love the every other week release schedule because it allows everyone time to listen to the episode without being a huge expense on my time and wallet. While I've had a couple sponsors now and then this podcast is full, mostly funded by yours truly. So as you know, I do have, so as you do know, I do have a Patreon account. I'm going to start highlighting those women that have been supporting me through that and I really appreciate you guys. I'm also reaching out to companies and people throughout Instagram through and just everyone that I have come into contact with about selling sponsorships on the podcast because I just would like to be able to pay my podcast editor to pay for just little things, the giveaway boxes that I give for you guys, like just little stuff like that that I think is super nice, the stickers that I send out, but like it's something that I'm super passionate about and but I also think that there brands that I like that I would love to share with you guys. So if you see something on the podcast that I'm sharing, um, all the products I have tried, I honestly, if I have links in my stories to my Amazon account, I do usually get a kickback from that. So like in the month of February, I made $8. <laughs> so it's not a huge amount, but like buying the, from the links that I do send you guys, like it does help. But yeah, all of it goes back to the podcast and just everything that I'm doing and developing with it. If you've listened this far and I appreciate you, you. If you, 
if you have guest suggestions or comments about how to make the podcast better, just DM me on Instagram. I seriously do read every single one of my DMs from you guys, and I love to hear how people are listening to the podcast. I love to hear suggestions like, is my intro too much? Do you want somebody gave me that my intro was too long? And so I shortened that, and I do agree. I got a suggestion recently that I'm starting to think if I want to act on, you know, like maybe there's too much noise at the beginning of my podcast, so I actually need to lessen like all the construction noise and just make it like one hammer. But yeah, I love that you guys are listening to the episodes. I love any suggestions that you guys give. I love interacting with you guys on social media. So until next time, stay girly. (laughs) 